Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. Joining me today is Tej Arora. He's the Chief Technology Officer at uh, Gardenex. Tej, a very warm welcome to the show. Lovely to have you today. Thank you. Thank you, Rohan. I'm pleased to be on this. So Tej, before we jump into the conversation, you know, it's uh, important that we establish some context for our listeners, get to know you are better so can you tell a bit about yourself your career journey till now uh, sure so um, i grew up in hyderabad uh, where i attended uh, you know uh, hyderabad public school which is well known for the school that satya nadella went to in fact he was my classmate for a couple of years uh, and, you know a small factoid that not many know um then i went on to uh, do my bachelor's in computer science at iit madras um they went to the us to get a masters from the university of california in davis i began my career professional career uh, in the san francisco bay area i spent about a dozen years there and uh, some of the well known companies i worked for include uh, netscape and oracle uh in 2001 came back to bangalore with family and i've been here since um and uh, i worked here for uh, again yahoo and and oracle um, and also a couple of startups uh, one of them was tagle an e-commerce startup and uh, after i left left the uh, job at oracle 2 years ago um, i wanted to just kind of uh, reskill myself look at the cloud from the perspective of uh, how you know it is used by customers I, at oracle i was involved in building the internal infrastructure for the cloud but i just wanted that other perspective of customers um learned about aws in a little bit little bit more detail uh, got a certification and uh, started publishing videos about aws uh, design and architecture uh, for aws solutions um then um i from a person i know from before i got a call about you know taking up the responsibility of handling technology at uh, gardenex so i've been there about a year and 3 uh, months and uh, it's been a great journey so far we are just about incorporating the indian entity yeah. oh okay that's good to know um so you know they jumping right into the conversation in the light of the massive changes in the world of people and work we witnessed in the past year what are some of the hr agendas that companies and leaders must prioritize as they reinvent their people business strategy uh, you know we all know there is a sea change um, that has been triggered by the last couple years of the pandemic mm-hmm. um, the entire globe is uh, one marketplace um, you can hire you know workers from anywhere on the planet Uh, you have easy tools to connect and cross border payments have become relatively easy through again cloud based services um so what this does is it opens up uh, tremendous options to people 
which sort of tends to encourage uh, more job hopping and taking up multiple gigs um, because people have more time uh, at home available for work. Um, and uh, another small detail that gets overlooked often is that the you know the ergonomic setup used to be handled by the company, the workplace, and now it's no longer in the hands of the company because people are spending a lot of time at home and they don't pay attention to that much. So, uh, what what should companies do to deal with this you know this new landscape? And I believe uh, they should start to pay more attention to succession planning and backup have backup plans for key roles uh, because of the increased churn and movement of uh, of uh, people. And uh, clearly, people costs are going to rise uh, because the. Uh, options available to employees are many more and there's higher competition. So there's less supply and more demand. Um, the other thing companies should think about is, the, you know, they have very tight binding agreements, the employment agreements or the contracts. Uh, try and loosen that, give people flexibility, you know, to yeah. take up alternate gigs. Yeah. And a few few other things is adjust policy policies sorry, to make it easy for people to move within the company. If they're going to move outside, why not help them move within, right? Because mm-hmm. they want to, yeah, yeah. And have a friendly blend of, uh, you know, at home and at office work. And um, like I mentioned about ergonomics, I think companies should start helping, you know, uh, people at home sponsor their ergonomic conditions at home. And another important thing is, Companies should retool themselves, you know, to use contemporary tools. The current generation, the young generation, they like to use certain tools. They should feel at home in the company. Um, if it supports tools like Slack, Skype, Zoom, Meet, you know, uh, cloud storage, cloud tools, social sharing, then employees feel at home. I think so. These are some of the things companies can adopt to make it uh, more friendly to employees. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, uh, one one thing I picked up there, like you mentioned, uh, why not to help them stay in the company rather than to go outside and, you know, be ready for the future. Now, one thing companies are uh, focusing on is uh, giving them a chance to upskill themselves with, you know, learning budgets or let's say um, some training programs. So in, in, in light of these learning budgets and upskilling particularly, I have two questions for you here. Uh, let's focus on the first one. Um, like you know, ups, uh, upskilling has become the agenda, or let's say the top priority for organization across the world. So, what are some of the skilling challenges that you have witnessed, especially in this uh, technology industry? Yeah, sure. In, in my experience, uh, almost every big company I've worked at, they do have budgets for professional development, uh, but they never get used. It's more of a passive component that's out there, but employees don't use. The, the There have been l orgs in the companies I worked in, but they're almost invisible. Right? Employees don't really figure l in their day-to-day activities um, that uses the company's l org. And also there's an explosion of choices for people. Right, So there's a bit of a, you know, a choice paralysis um, that, that happens. Um, so what companies could do is, uh, you know, First of all, reward employees who take up courses, right? Incentivize in in more ways than just saying you have a budget to develop yourself. 
right? If they take courses, reward them. If they earn credits through courses, you know, map the credits to some rewards. Um, the other thing they could do is, uh, you know, uh, institutionalize um, periodic conversations with employees around their professional development, maybe monthly or quarterly, you know, whatever is uh, works best. And the other third thing companies could do is uh, the L&D org is, in my experience, kind of, uh, you know, invisible org, make it more prominent, strengthen the org. It should become like the go-to point for employees for their L&D requirements. It's sort of like a gateway. It doesn't have to build everything, but it can be the gateway. And then it can, of course, outsource to, you know, um, other contemporary solutions out there. Yeah. But make it, basically make it seamless and flexible and easy for employees to take up uh, learning and incentivize them to do it. Mm -hmm. Got it. So incentivizing can help people, um, you know, take up more upskilling. That's very relevant. Um, uh, touching upon the learning and development as well. Uh, what are some key insights that you would like to share with your fellow leaders who are, you know, investing in L&D programs to bridge the skill gap for the future of work? So, like I said, L&D should become more prominent and they should become a key part of manager-employee conversations, right? Rarely, I mean, manager employees um, don't talk so much about training and development. They talk more about, you know, current projects, current, you know, fires that are burning and, you know, emergency situations and, and so on. More, more about work and less about professional development. So if l becomes part of manager employee conversations, um, that would be great. And uh, I had alluded to this, the l org should become the face of L&D to the whole company. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, um, they can outsource all the solutions to third-party solutions. I mean, the, all the, the, the offerings to third-party solutions. And one important thing I think that can be done is, you know, if I'm in the blockchain business, then I want people to learn more about blockchain solutions and the technology platforms and help those who are aspiring to learn more about blockchain. So companies should curate what's relevant to the company, right? So there are, there are so many roles the company has. For each role, if they can provide a guidance or a map to available options, then that makes it easy for employees. Because again, if you look at the internet, if you go on Google and search, there's just in so many options, it can be almost paralyzing, right? So if you leave people to fend for themselves on what they should learn and what they should pursue, it can become a little chaotic and it may not be as effective. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the L&D yeah, should play a crucial role. Yeah. Correct. So I 100% uh, you know, agree. I, I mean, uh, with the thing you said about having some options out there for the employees. In fact, one of my question was touching out this point as well that, you know, um, uh, given that accelerated digitalization of workspace, we are working from home, as you mentioned, you know, the tools which younger generation needs, be it Skype, be it Slack. So how can I, how can organizations go about choosing the right tech solutions for their skilling programs? Right. So, so contemporary solutions is important because the reason is the contemporary solutions, they use 
new they bring new features and they use aspects that are in tune with the current times mm-hmm. so like i mentioned earlier uh, the young generation for them it's uh, very common uh, to use cloud based tools that you can access with a browser from anywhere right no matter where you are um you know sso support is really important in these tools you don't want to hassle employees with having multiple sign ins to different tools and then these tools must integrate with slack for participation and communication i mean slack like tools um, they should integrate with vc tools they should use cloud storage for easy sharing and at the same time they should also integrate with social networks you know if i've taken a course i'd be happy to share it with my linkedin network or my facebook you know uh, friends um or i might brag about it on instagram right so keep these solutions um in tune with contemporary trends and that makes them easier to consume and more enjoyable right so that's what i would look for in the solutions mm-hmm. yeah that is um i would say very apt analysis um lastly let's talk about you know while companies have been able to adapt innovate and push forward in spite of the numerous hurdles beat in the field of l&d or let's say well being or digital transformation that has come up in this new working model with hybrid and you know uh, remote as well what are some of the challenges that are likely to come up even in the year of 2022 and uh, what are some of the practical practices leader can engage in right so yeah um, thinking about you know risks coming up next year and the years ahead um the 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 main thing that comes to mind is uh, the risk to collaborative innovation right i mean innovation happens um through individual brilliance but it also happens significantly through you know brainstorming that we have spontaneous brainstorming and just uh discussions that are not planned preplanned discussions right um and that ha- tends to happen in the workplace right? when you see each other um at the office all day uh there are many opportunities where this spontaneous discussions can happen but when people are working at home right it's very unlikely i mean we by definition we only have planned meetings right there's no unplanned meetings um so there's no unplanned conversations there's no spontaneous discussions so we lose out on that uh that the innovation that comes from team brainstorming and uh, we all understand you know uh, that is a key component of uh, innovation that that happens in companies there's more more that comes from teams and uh, going forward you know the emphasis on teams is far higher than the emphasis on just individuals um so that is one risk is that we lose we may lose out on that so we have to look out for that the other is uh, this is probably obvious is that companies should expect an increased attrition and churn because people have a lot more options they have more time to spend on uh, multiple projects um and uh, clearly the costs of the workforce will increase um the demand is is far higher than the supply um and personally i have uh, seen and heard people holding you know five to seven offers in hand at this time uh the acceptance ratio has fallen significantly and the uh you know the the, the stay at a company you know the, that metric is falling 
right? So expect that in, in the next year, in years ahead. Um, uh, and due to this, the, the costs uh, will increase. But thankfully, that's hopefully balanced by uh, a decrease in real estate costs because uh, I don't think companies need a 24-7 physical office for every one of their employees, right? So they can, there can be some optimizations there. The other thing, the other big thing that comes to mind is, uh, you know, we keep talking about loss of work-life balance, actually. I'd like to look at it as loss of work-home balance. You know, people in the past complained about too much work and very little home, but I think the tables have turned. I mean, people are complaining about too much home and less work. I have personally spoken to people who used to work for me, and this they used to always complain about, oh, I have to come to work every day. It's so far. It's such a pain. I want to spend more time at home. And now they're saying, I am... I'm tired of being at home all the time. I want to go to office. I'm craving for office, mm. right? So we should look at it as a work-home balance rather than a work-life balance because at home doesn't necessarily translate to better life. Because, I mean, you know, I, I'm saying this half-jokingly, but, you know, you don't want to be, you want some time away from family, uh, you know, and that's a feeling I, I, I think I shared by a few I've spoken to. Yeah, that is... Completely yeah. valid at this point. Right, right. Um, so these are the challenges that I see. And uh, so what I'm thinking, what can be done to address some of these challenges? Right. One thing is that companies have to ensure that there is enough face-to-face time in an office. Right. And this will facilitate spontaneous brainstorming. You know, this will give people a sense of belonging and connectedness a little time away from family, a sense of purpose, right? That social bonding, it reinforces that. So now what this balance should be, should it be one day at home, four days at office, or two, three, you know, four, one, whatever it is, but some kind of a balance should be be struck. Um, Of course, it's a challenge to figure out what that should be because there may be differing opinions about that. Um, And I'll give you an anecdote uh, about from my own personal life. So I was doing remote work for a a, a US-based company from Bangalore, right? I did that for a couple of years. And, you know, I started feeling very disconnected, alone, and I was craving for social interaction to the extent that I actually left that job to take up a lower paying job where that was local and where I could go to the office and work with the team. Right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's beginning to happen. People are craving for FaceTime and office time. Yeah. So, uh, and that's very useful in many ways. Yeah. Um, and one more thing in, uh, I've learned from the past is not many managers have one-on-ones with employees that are regular. You know, it's mm-hmm. ad hoc, Sometimes months go by and there's no conversation. I believe now at this time, manager employee one-on-ones are more critical than they've ever been. Right? The, it's important for the manager to communicate value and purpose and reinforce that with the employee. Um, engage with them actively in their professional development. You know, listen to them, empathize with them. Essentially prevent them from feeling disconnected. And we all know they have many, many options out there. If they feel uh, they feel disconnected, if they don't feel a sense of belonging, 
you've lost them. <clears throat> so that would be my advice uh, uh, to managers. Right. <clears throat> so it's like, you know, too much of anything is, is not good. Like uh, when we were working from office, it was when will we work from home. And now that it is actually happening, uh, people are finding it a little bit difficult to adjust, which is very valid at some point in time. For now, and everything is quite common. Right, you've distilled it very well. Yeah, too much of something yeah. is never good. Too much of a good thing is, is not always good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, a spontaneous question like, do you think remote work is here to stay? I, I tend to think so. Uh, because uh, we have actually seen, uh, so we the whole world has been driven to this corner where remote work had to be done. There was no choice. And we've actually experienced the benefits of remote work, right? The, the time saved from having to, you know, get ready and then drive to work, face the stress of, you know, the drive, the, you know, the dust, the heat. I mean, it's just stressful. And and all the, the, the issues we all face in traffic. You know, I've seen people who become demons when they're driving. Normally, they're very nice and gentle and, uh, you know, s- s- soft kind of people. But in traffic, they get uh, easily worked up. Right? So, uh, and that takes a toll on health. So, you know, going through all of that to reach work. So we've lost time. We've lost a, a bit of our health. All of that, right, we can avoid. I mean, we, working from home, you know, gives us that that ability to save all that time, save all that stress, and, you know, be more calm and relaxed, right? So there is a benefit to working from home. There is also a benefit to working from office, like we talked about, you know, creative brainstorming, sense of belonging, so the key is going forward, it, it, it is going to be a blend of, of the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one more, one more benefit to remote work is, you know, brilliance is everywhere. You could, I could find an incredibly brilliant and dedicated software engineer out in Chile. I'm not going to say no to that just because they can't commute to my office. Right? I'm going to take it up. So that's the other benefit of, uh, of remote work. Correct. Yeah, um, very valid points, some good insights. Um, so Tej, at this point, let's say one of our listeners wants to get in touch with you, pick your brain out in terms of technology, let's say in terms of remote work. What is the best medium to reach out to you and any social media links you would want to mention here? I think the best way to get in touch with me is LinkedIn the profile. Okay. Um, yeah, I think if they just search for Tej Arora, I believe uh, it, it should... Uh, show my um, URL. Um, otherwise, uh, I, can, I can quickly uh, uh, read out my, um, my, it's linkedin.com slash I-N slash T-E-J-A-R-O-R-A. So that would be the best channel to reach me. Perfect. Um, Tej, once again, thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast. On behalf of Team Springworks, I would like to thank you for coming in. It was lovely speaking with you today. Thank you, Rowan. Uh, likewise, I really enjoyed uh, sharing my experiences and, and thoughts. And uh, it's, uh, I, I love the questions you have uh, asked. Uh, you know, very thought-provoking and very relevant for the times. Thank you again.